All right, everybody. Back again. Division one rejects. You know, we're chilling in the basement. Got my boy Drew. Got my boy Kobe. Yep. Kobe. I'm rest in peace, but we got Kobe Manzo right here. Tell us what we got today. Rest in peace. Kobe? Kobe. Oh, okay. Kobe my bad, Bean. My bad, my bad. Not like the top Kobe. Yeah. You're yeah, not the you're top right. Kobe. You're right. You're right. But today on our episode, we've got two great great guests that will join us. First is Dave Rayner from Oxford High School, Michigan State, and an NFL kicker who was in the league for five years. We'll talk to him in just a few minutes. Great conversation with him today. Fantastic conversation with him today. He coached at Michigan State as well after playing. Um, that conversation will be followed later in the episode by Caleb Smith, a safety who has just recently transferred from South Dakota to play with the Bulldogs at Ferris here in the GLIAC. So a GLIAC guest, a little Division Two talk with Caleb later on. And then on the NFL side of things, we'll talk about how Chris Spielman and Barry Sanders are helping in the search for a new GM for the Detroit Lions. We'll get into that. Some great news there. And I, head coach. Yes, and, and head, head coach, coach as well. So some big-time decisions coming from Detroit, um, as well as who is leading the Rookie of the Year conversation in the NFL in our eyes, something that we really haven't touched on much this year, which so I'm excited to get into that conversation. But on the college side of things, we'll talk about all the upcoming conference championships set for this weekend of college football, as well as their implications on the college football playoff, if any, because college or the conference championships really don't have as much as they had in recent years. Yeah in my opinion, but um, after that, to finish things off, we'll be talking about a recap of the National Signing Day that took place uh, yesterday, recording this on Thursday, right? So yesterday was the Wednesday. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so we, two days ago when you guys listen to this. Exactly. So Wednesday, National Signing Day, and uh, what schools picked up some great recruiting classes for the class of 2021? Who came out on top of that? We'll get into it. First of all, though, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, or if you're watching on YouTube, howdy. But let's get into that conversation with Dave Rayner. Our first guest today joining us on Division One Rejects is a man that was drafted in the sixth round of the 2005 NFL Draft who went on to play in 59 career NFL games over five years and score almost 200 points during that career. A Michigan State alum and current wide receiver coach at Oxford High School, alma mater of our man Drew here, it's Coach Dave Rayner. What's going on, Coach? How you doing, guys? Fantastic. Super excited to have you on. I know Drew will... Uh, Probably belittle you and make some jokes here, but um, I think it's safe to say we're all super excited to have you on for a bit. I, I appreciate it, man. You got to consider that source, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> okay, so I'll start off with the first question, Coach Rainer. Um, understanding, as you've told me before, that you were a soccer player before getting a sudden change in football, um, did you have any chances to further your soccer career coming out of high school? I did actually. I had, um, you know, I, w I was, uh, I, I played high school soccer obviously at Oxford and then I played club soccer as well. Um, and I had, uh, like three or four soccer division one soccer scholarships. Dang. Um, yeah, dude, I was Athlete. pretty legit. I was, I was, I was actually tossed up between, I went to a, um, I had an opportunity to go to the Olympic, um, development regional national kind of tryout kind of thing. You had me at Olympic. Um, <laughs> listen, it, it was pretty legit. I mean, it was like, you know, Landon Donovan was there. Some of those like guys, you names you might know was, I mean, you know, I'm in that same age group, but I ended up going to uh, Michigan state's kicking camp and doing kind of the football thing instead. Um, but I, I, you know, I was pretty legit soccer player. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty good. And I had some, some chances to do it after high school, but I, I had done soccer for so long and football was so intriguing to me from a standpoint of what you could do if you had some success as a, especially as a kicker. 
that I wanted to kind of give that a, a shot and uh, it ended up working out pretty decently for me a little while. I would definitely say so. And a guy that I don't know exactly what his draft class was, and I'm sure you've heard this name before, Pat McAfee, who's a retired punter from the Colts, who now yeah. is this big-time media personality, huge fan of him great. and what he's done. Yeah. But kind of in that same range of you know career-wise in the NFL, he had a super similar transition as you You know, coming into football. He had the same you know scholarship offers from some big-time schools to go play soccer. Now, was he a potential Olympian? I don't think so. So maybe you got that peg up on him. But, you know, very similar... I guess, path. He ended up choosing football and went to uh, West Virginia. But what I have, the question I have for you is between punting and kicking, obviously two very different crafts in their own right, is it really as easy of a transition into football as everyone seems to believe? I don't think so. Well, uh, this is the thing. I, I will say flat out that punting is harder than kicking all day long. Interesting. I would say punters – well, and this is why, man. So, like, you're, you're hitting a moving ball, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas as a kicker, I'm hitting a stationary – target Mm -hmm. which don't get me wrong it's not easy it it, it can be harder (laughs) than it looks i mean as drew would tell you his first kick i think in practice went about six yards that that was confidential well that was his that was his you know one and done baby so (laughs) hunting is a hard thing um to to me the biggest thing going from you know obviously in soccer there's huge contact and i was a a, you know i was six to 200 pounds i was a bigger guy but it, it can't prepare you for like coming across the middle as wide receiver and getting your head knocked off. Right. Yeah. Like you don't, soccer is just not the same mentality of you're not trying to hurt the guy and knock him to the ground, but yeah. in soccer it kind of happens almost as a byproduct, Right. Yeah. I get that. Um, so that was the biggest thing for me is, is coming from like soccer where I was more of a bigger guy and I didn't get pushed around a whole lot. So like you come across the middle and you put your hands up and some guys, some safety comes downhill and knocks your head off. It, it was like a whoa, okay, all right. Welcome to the <laughs> well, welcome to the game, man. And you know, in Oxford, that was you know we passed it once every four to six games. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like much. Has you know, changed. I had I got hit like I got hit like twice in nine games. So I mean, it wasn't that bad. Of a deal. Okay, so the next question: Going into your college career, obviously Lloyd Carr said no, thank you when you sent that letter to him. So what made Michigan State the right right decision for you? Well, to be honest with you, um, they were going to pay for four years of college. Yep. So at the end of the day, man, that's a lot of money, and that's a big financial burden I could take off my parents. And and the funny thing was, in the time that I was at Michigan State, I think Michigan went through like three kickers. Really? And every time, I just was like, hey, Lloyd, do you remember that time that I was at your (laughs) camp? And I won the kicking and punting competition. You said, you know, Dave, I appreciate you coming, but I think we're all set at the kicking position. And then you went through <laughs> half a dozen dudes while I while I set, you know, oh, records over at Michigan State. That's awesome. Um, which just, you know, that's just – it is what it is, right? That's that's part of uh, college recruiting. But Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, – it, it, uh, it, I wouldn't have had it any other way, man. Michigan State, whether that's you like – the the coaches or not the school to me was just a it felt like home it felt like family i love that place to death you know my kids are probably going to want to go to michigan someday or probably going to get a michigan scholarship but we'll have to have that, <laughs> have that conversation talk. but yeah but as of right now um you know michigan state was just the right place for me at that time yeah that's awesome I and mean, when you can look back and talk about it like that you know that it was definitely the right fit um hopefully it will be the right fit 
for their new head coach, Mel Tucker. I want to know what you've seen from him this year and their season. And he's proven, you know, that he's going to have this team competing in some big-time games, one of which was over Michigan where they got that big-time victory. And then, you know, Michigan proved that they were not that great of a football team, as it turned out. But I want to know what you thought of the new head coach for the Spartans. Well, listen, this, this is, it's been a weird year, man. Obviously, like you guys know, um, I, I typically, um, you know, at least for D'Antonio the last two years, uh, I, I will go up for a couple of practices. I kind of get a little beat of what's going on up there. But, That's good, yeah. Um, we, we were not able to be on campus the entire offseason. So yeah. I, I was able to, you know, I communicated with guys through through text and phone and call and whatever. But um, to be honest, I, I have heard nothing but good things about the guy. And I know a lot of times, you know, I'm not one that's going to bad talk him, but I don't know him. But if you can come into a come into a Big Ten university, and you can have a season where you're basically teaching football through Zoom calls, yeah, and you can take a team out on a field that believes in you and buys in and beats two, three pretty legit football programs, yeah. Um, I I think it's I think we're in good hands. I think that guy is going to recruit better than any coach in the last 20 years at Michigan State. That's what I think is going to be his biggest thing is his when he was with other teams and he was in Alabama and and um, Colorado, his biggest recruiting states were Texas, um, Florida, and Georgia, which Michigan biggest, State had a hard yeah. time getting those, yeah. getting those states. And even Michigan. Michigan goes in there and Ohio State goes in there, and now we got a guy who can go in and compete and bring some of those big dogs out of there so I, I like Michigan State's future, man. I think they're going to be, you know, I, like I said, I hate Michigan with everything in me, but I love, <laughs> yeah. I love the rivalry and I love the yeah. banter and the back and forth, and it's good for the entire state of Michigan when Agreed. those two programs are. are th- listen, let's go beat up on Ohio State. Let's go beat up on Iowa and Wisconsin, and and uh, you know, but I think it's I think Michigan State's in better hands right now than Michigan, to be honest with you. That's awesome, man. It almost seemed I'll like take. you were going to – yeah, that's seriously. I'll it's kind of right, though. I would yeah, agree, 100%. but it almost seems like you planned that segue into my next thing I was going to ask you about, the recruiting side <laughs> of the program because of, you know, Tucker is obviously a big-time recruiter, and that's what he's known as is his um, ability to go into those key states, Georgia, Florida, Texas, three – probably the three biggest high school football states in our country, which, you know, obviously a ton of big-time commits come out of there. But – there are rivals in Ann Arbor. You talk about how that rivalry, it's better for the entire state. They always seem to have those four-star, five-star commits coming to Michigan. Even this year, we had uh, Donovan Edwards, a kid that we've all played against at West Bloomfield. Number You've four against, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Number four running back in the country. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Obviously, yeah, yeah. he goes to Michigan. And coming off of that year, the ability for them to continue to get that pedigree of guys, that level of guys onto campus, I mean – that's something that I think Michigan State has been lacking. They've been known for getting to these two-star, three-star guys that are great players in high them school. Into players. Exactly, yeah. developing them into players. Right. So, do you see that culture? I guess I don't say culture, but that style kind of changing with the absence of Dan D'Antonio. Excuse me. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I don't know that much about Mel Tucker. I think the the I I lean more on the side of I'm a blue-collar guy, right? Like I wanna yeah. I want to come in and I want to work my way into it where that's where Michigan State hangs their hat, right? They, exactly. They'll go out and they will beat you with a bunch of guys who didn't go to Michigan because they didn't offer them a scholarship. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is something that I, like, that is in my blood, man. Like, I, okay. I want to go in and, like, earn it, right? So, Michigan, like, you've got a bunch of, you've got a bunch of five stars. 
you got beat by Michigan State, you got beat by Indiana, you got beat by all these other teams, which we had the same record, and you had all these stars. Yeah, right? yep. and that's so how it has been. To yeah. me, at the end of the day, like I put so little, you know, and even now, now coaching high school, like there's not that much that, that I look at when it comes to like the stars that they give you. You know, there's guys that have come in that I'm like, who's that dude? Yeah. Like, he's a, he's a five-star. And then there's other guys that come in that are a three-star that you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. that dude is legit. Yeah. You know? So I know I exactly what you mean. Or walk-ons that end up winning to. the Heisman, you know? Stop, dude, listen, man. let me tell you a little story right now. So I have a guy who, when I, was, when I coached at Michigan State, he walked on and did, he came to a walk-on tryout as a place kicker, okay? His name's Tyler Hunt. He was just, he was a big kid, but he played high school. He played at um, oh shoot, where did he play? Little tiny tiny town in Kalamazoo. Um, hmm. Anyway, he he was a quarterback. He played DB. He punted. He kicked. Whatever. He came in. He was a really good athlete. And I was like, man, this kid could kick. Let's let's give him a shot. So he literally started at tight end this year at wow. Michigan State for like three or four games. And dude, he is like built. He's got to be two thirty. His I mean, he is a freak athlete that's unreal and like and, and it's plain but dude walked on as a kicker and is now was a starting tight end like the last two games of the year awesome. i've never heard and of a, anything I think he's a junior. Like that that's awesome so like so that's what i'm saying like those are the things that i look into is like dude you if you're in the right place you can you can turn into whatever you want to turn into right but a lot of times these guys that come in as five stars they almost have less work ethic than the guys that come in that need to earn it right oh, and i'm yeah. much more of like an earn it guy you know so so we'll see, man. I, like I said, I'm excited. I hope this whole COVID thing breaks a little bit so I can get up there and kind of introduce myself and, and meet some of the new coaches because I've heard nothing but good things. But, um, you know, as long as we keep beating Michigan and they keep getting beat by Ohio State <laughs> by 150, I, I don't care. You know, I'm good to go. We're in good hands. Well, let's get out of the you know, college football talk and transition into the fact that you were drafted and you've been quoted <laughs> by a reliable source, a.k.a. my brother who I live with, that said the best players get drafted in the sixth round. Is that true? And what was the feeling of getting drafted? A couple things. So I think, you know, just to, just to talk about, you know, in your brother's, you know, lane right here, probably the GOAT was drafted, I think, a couple of picks either ahead or below me. I don't remember exactly. 199. Pick, 199, yeah. 199. Yeah. Okay, so I, was, I think I was picked 209. I think so Mm. give or take, um, you know, but I mean, you could probably toss that around. We're probably both in that goat category. Greatness. Um, hundred (laughs) percent. You know, he's made a little bit more money. I would give it a shot. Marginally. Uh, Give or take probably in a year. He made more than I made in my career. Anyway, (laughs) um, that's neither here nor there, you know, but um, honestly, man, the, the draft process was crazy. It was like the, you know, it was back in 05. I was actually, um, I, I had a, I went and played golf the first day of the draft because I was told don't sit in front of the TV. You'll go crazy and blah, 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 blah. So I went out and played golf and, uh, and didn't get a call. And ah. I was like, wait a second, man, what's going on? I was supposed to be like a third round pick, blah, 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 blah. Nothing happened. So, um, the next day I went home and my parents had a little draft party and we got like nine inches of snow. It was like <laughs> April, the end of April. What? My dad was out. Dude, I got a picture, dude. My dad was out in boots and a big winter hat and grilling on the on the back deck, and it was like we had like snow up to his knees, dude. It was hilarious. Nice. So awesome. our our power actually went out. Like the we had ice and snow on the power With lines the and stuff. So party. 
dude, so we had, we had the cable went out and we literally, I watched myself get drafted on the dial up internet across the computer, dude, in 2005. <laughs> it was the most like non-dramatic thing I've ever seen. Now, I got a call from, from Tony Dungy in the sixth round saying hey. the Colts were going to take me in, blah, blah, blah. That dude is, you know, he's one of the greatest guys, if not coaches ever, I think, in, yeah. the, in the league. But mm-hmm. um, super cool. And my parents didn't even believe it. They thought I was lying. And, <laughs> um, but literally, we're, we're watching it on a, on a computer screen, dude, back in 05. And it like, did, 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 did a little ticker on the bottom. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it was, uh, it was pretty cool, that. man. It was, um, it was pretty surreal. And obviously, you know, when you're in, even in college, you don't think you're going to be drafted. Um, you know, as many people tell you that you, you don't believe it until you see it kind of thing, yeah. but, um, it was, uh, it was pretty cool, man. I would, I would suggest people do it more often, you know? If they can. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Surreal is the word. That is the exact word that I would have used. Obviously, you know, I haven't been in that situation, but just hearing you describe that and what that must've been like, dude, dial up on a 2005 computer. Parents didn't believe him, bro. That's an awesome great, story. Man. Well, that the worst awesome part about story. it is I get, I got a call and I got a call in the fourth round from the Bears, and the special no. teams coach calls me and he's like, "Hey man, we're gonna take you with this next pick." And I'm like, "Oh, this is amazing, sweet, you know." And I had had no contact with the Bears throughout the entire draft process. Like they weren't even on my, you know, team that yeah. was a radar. And literally, dude, as I'm talking to this guy, the on the TV it pops up like some I can't even pronounce the guy's name, but he's it's a linebacker from like. LSU and I'm like what are you talking about he goes oh my gosh man I I apologize man we uh apparently I wasn't on the same page as my other and he like hangs up on me Shut <laughs> and I'm like, that. Oh, oh my goodness and my, dad, I can my dad's like who was that I was like so I called my agent right away I'm like dude the Bears just called me and said they were gonna take me he goes what <laughs> and it dude it was like like some Ab and J-Ho some dude I was like what like what? that's not my name running across there. So anyway, <laughs> I could have gone in the fourth. Basically, the Bears cost me a couple hundred thousand dollars. Is what it came <laughs> yeah, down. that's yeah, a screw payday. The Bears. Screw the Bears, but, uh, man. Anyway, man, six round pick went to the Colts. Um, kicked off that year and yeah, and, uh, you know, played. I think I played. I don't know. I think I've got seven credited season in or six credited season or something like that. So that's awesome. It wasn't that a bad awesome. gig. No, not at all. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Is there? Um, you know, definitely not the Bears, but is there one team that you enjoyed um, being with or being around most? Or, and then on the flip side of that, like one team that you were like, you know, we're not going to badmouth anybody, but one team you're like, you know what, I'm excited to go and move somewhere else to kick footballs. Well, so a couple things. So I, I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed playing in Green Bay. Okay. And I really enjoyed playing in Detroit. And they were for two separate reasons. Obviously, Green Bay has this crazy, awesome tradition of, fans and i mean if you've ever been to lambeau field for a football game or if you have not it is absolutely one of the coolest experiences you'll ever find in the nfl and i've Agreed. been a lot of places yeah but they have the, they have the best i mean like it dude it was to where you know where i'd have a good game and like the next morning i'd have like two cases of miller light on my porch what you know oh, like legend like first of all who who knows where you who knows where i live secondly yeah. I appreciate you bringing me, but you know, I'm not a big Miller Lite fan, but like, like that's the way it was. And then you have a bad game and people won't even look at you like in the grocery store when you're trying to buy groceries. They're like, Man. look away because they're like embarrassed of you. 
That is but unreal. That place, if you do well there, if you embrace that culture, they they are the greatest fan base of any sport team I've ever seen. Wow, that's um, awesome. So that was cool. And then um, honestly, I love Detroit just because I, you know, I'm a hometown guy. My parents and family got to come to every home game. Um, and you know, I, as bad as the Lions are, like it's just it's it's my whole life I've known the Lions, right? So being able to play in a Thanksgiving game yes. with your family there. Like it was man. cool, man. I got, you know, I have game balls of the, of the of Thanksgiving game and stuff yeah. like that. So, that is Lions fandom um, summed up in a, in a sentence. Honestly, man, this, this town is so ready for a good sports team. Oh, that it's yes. like, it will take anything. And I, I think if we can bring in the right coaching staff and, and if we can bring in the right, GM and manage, you know, we oh, can yeah. do some things. Like we got some talent. Maybe send old Maddie Stafford somewhere else and bring in a young guy. And it hurts. Washington. Yeah. Send him to Washington. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Somebody's going to take him. And he's going to go win a championship somewhere else. It's just I'm not going to be in Detroit. And I will be happy when so, that day comes. I will be over the moon. I will be a fan. Yeah, oh, listen, Wherever man, Matt the, Stafford the guy, goes, I'll be a fan. Yeah. And honestly, he's a great guy, man. I've done some things with him. He is a solid human being. That's good. To that hear. has been a a almost a victim of the culture in Detroit for 10 years. Like he's had great years. He's had bad years, but most of his good years, like he was really good. Like he's a good, if you watch him and drew as a quarterback too, like that dude can make every throw that ever needs to be made in an NFL football game. For sure. Like if you get him some coverage, you get him some, some blocking up front and a decent running game. And that guy could compete with every other legit quarterback in the league, I think. But you know, I think it's time for him to head out, and you know, we'll bring somebody else in that'll, you know, who knows? But we're probably a few years away. But I think that Agreed, this yeah. town would be absolutely on fire, dude, if the Lions were good. You know, and they yeah. deserve it, right? Yeah, no, they would sure. embrace that immediately. So, yeah. So one thing that you were talking about playing for the Packers versus playing for the Lions is obviously <clears throat> the Lions are built in a dome, right? So as far as yes. elements oh. go, kickers, uh, how's it like? I know it's a big difference for ball carriers and even quarterbacks throwing the ball, but when the elements are hard to deal with, is it like, how do you like change your mindset? Are you like, Oh, this is going to be a rough one. Like, Ooh, or, <laughs> I hope it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, 50, I mean, 50 ball. Yeah. It, 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 it depends, man. It, it's such a funny thing, right? Like playing in Buffalo. I know you did that in a winter oh, Buffalo game. That's no. gotta be tough, bro. It, it was like, and honestly, there was a game we played against, uh, I think it was when I was in Green Bay, we played against the Jets. Hey. And both of us were like, it was, I think it was either the second to last game of the year, but it was like we were in Green Bay. And I don't know if you know, but in, in, in towards the end of the year, in most of these outdoor stadiums that have grass, they replace the middle of the field with new, yep. like basically bring in a big sod chunk and just roll, roll it down, it out, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like your Bears, the Eagles, the Packers, a Steelers. lot of your like – old school grass teams, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, we're playing the Jets and it's like, I'm not lying to you. It's like seven degrees oh, with the windshield. Like they, when you walk out of the stadium, they literally put Vaseline on your cheeks wow. so that you don't get windburn, dude. And I walk out there and I'm like, dude, and we're like, I think we're like six and eight at this point. Yeah, we might be like seven and five. I don't know. We're we're bad. We're, we're, we we went eight and eight that season. We were like six and eight, yeah. I think, or or seven and five or something like that. And 
literally do we go out there and like the opening kickoff i'm like the ref hands me the ball and i like squeeze that ball and i'm like dude this ball isn't gonna go to the third <laughs> <laughs> like it is like kicking a deflated ball so i dude i pound this ball down there and it goes literally to like the 27th oh man and i come off the field and you know our special teams coach is like what's going on i'm like that is the hardest i could have swung at that ball ever like it, that's as good as we get today not bro. budget like, it no way i mean it was brutal dude like you couldn't the wind was blowing so hard like the field was disgusting it was like tore up because they turned heaters on Ooh. to heat the middle of the field but then it just melts the field so then you have like a sloppy what somebody needs to some engineer needs to come in and figure yeah. out how to run like or just put turf everywhere that's what i think mm-hmm. they should do. but eventually anyway um there is a drastic difference between playing in a dome and playing in some of these cold weather places. Yeah, and I don't sure. care, like, if it comes from a standpoint of, like, did you watch – I know you watched that, that Cleveland game the other night. I was going to give you I a was there. We were there. I yeah. There. But, oh, I forgot your day. I got to, dude, listen, that kick he made right there at the end of the game, like, was a dagger. that is as hard of a field goal yeah. as you will see in the NFL. That is, that is a hard place to kick. The weather – it was cold. It wasn't super windy, but it was cold. But that field is terrible. And a dog. Like, it was chewed up all night. And honestly, man, listen, when 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 uh, Lamar came running out of that locker room, I thought, oh, shit. Give me PTSD. <laughs> Here we go. Tucker made it look easy. Tucker made that I know, kick And honestly, I, to be honest with you, as a kicker watching that, I think he undercut the ball a little bit, too. Yeah, I think his plant foot like missed, a, like not missed, but um, yeah. like slipped a little bit. Because it's grass. He, yeah, and he's still. Like, when you get when you get lame and like old like me, you look at stuff like, oh, he undercut that ball. That ball's spinning a thousand. <laughs> yeah. but he's strong enough. That's unreal. That, that ball went, dude, fifty-five yards. So he's got to have one. Of the but yeah, I would much rather ever. if I could do it all. Yeah, if I could do it all over, man, I'd I'd play. I would love to play like in Houston mm-hmm. or like Arizona where they're grass indoors because I love playing on grass. But there's a significant difference when that weather changes, when you're playing on that nasty stuff. Like, you see how Lamar was sliding all over the place? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, I would have had, had inch-long cleats on just for my plant foot just to stick because <laughs> you're to try to stay from being on that, you know, yeah. blooper reel. <laughs> so, our last question for you here today is, obviously, you ended up coaching at Michigan State, and now you're at Oxford. So, what led you to come back to those – I want to say like roots almost like you came back to the two yeah. schools that, you know, helped you get to where you were. So what were the, what were the reasons why? Well, Michigan state was one of those things that like I, so I got offered a scholarship at the Michigan state kicking camp back in 2000. So I had like some roots there from that camp. So then I was asked shortly after I got, was out of college to run that camp. Mm-hmm. At Michigan State. Oh, so I sweet. ran that camp for about 12 years, 12, 13 years. And when wow. I say run, I don't mean like – I didn't I didn't put the entire thing on. We had all the at Michigan State coaches there, but I was yeah. kind of the – I got to kind of lead. Yeah, I mean, I got to – I like like Matt Coughlin, I, I basically said, hey, you should give that guy a scholarship. Yeah. So, like, I, awesome. I, I got to do a lot of things with that, with that um, camp because, one, you know, I've been to some other kicking camps at other schools, and Michigan State runs a really – it's one of the only places I've ever been that the entire coaching staff, including the head coach, is at the camp the entire time. Wow. So it's a pretty legit – like That they actually have, says a lot, yeah. 
Oh yeah, like like Mike Trestle, like there was their D coordinator. He ran an entire kicking station by himself. Wow, wow. You know, like most of the places let their like GAs do it, and then the coaches kind of show up. These guys, the coaches are there the entire time. So that's one of the things that I thought was really, really interesting and and done really well. Um, so when I was at the camp back in like seventeen, um, D'Antonio said, "Hey, how do I get you on my staff to like help with our special team stuff?" And I was like, well, you're the head coach. You could create a position. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You do what you want. You're, you're the dude, right? So basically they created a special teams um, analyst is what they called it. So they had an special offensive one, a defensive analyst. one, and they called a special teams analyst. So I basically came in and assisted the special teams coach, which yep. mainly meant I did everything. <laughs> so I did uh, um, for the special teams coach, to ba- I basically broke down film and we went over like team and stuff like that. I watched, you know, all the different games we were going to play and broke everything down, kind of like the offensive defensive analyst. That's and great. I basically worked with all of our punters and kickers and established kind of routines and things that they should do before games and, and during games and practices and stuff like that. And then, um, actually I was there a year and you know, it didn't work out like it had. I was kind of talked about it working out where I was going to be the special teams coach there. Some things came up. Some other guys came available. The coach wanted to bring on staff. So I ended up leaving, and then they brought in Shane Graham, uh, who was a, another former kicker, um, who actually I got connected in there to do the same thing I did. He was there for a year, and now they have another a guy who I have not met. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's my place, man. I love that if I could get involved there. Um, with the same people that I, a lot of the same people were there when I was there other than coaches. I mean, a lot of the same like administration mm-hmm. and, and, um, people like that, but loved it there. And then obviously, you know, with Oxford, I live in Oxford and, uh, I was doing some things at the high school the one day and Bud came up to me and said, Hey man, why don't you come be my wide receivers coach? And I was like, well, never thought about coaching high school, but <laughs> I figured it was significantly less stress and time than I bet. college because yeah. that was one that was one of the biggest issues man is like I've got three little girls and at the time I was up in Michigan State I got I had two little girls and I wouldn't see them for like five days in a row man. like it was because I was at That's the office unreal. at 6 a.m and I was home by 10 and they were in bed every time so like I, I had to make that choice like yeah you can make a lot of money doing anything right you can oh yeah do whatever you want to do so at the end of the day you know that was more important to me than than the job I was doing. So we moved back and, and, uh, you know, Bud had, had asked me about coaching and I said, you know what, man, let's, I touched my wife a little bit and she said, give it a shot. So, that's awesome. you know, and I mean, Drew Carpenter was my inspiration the entire season. <laughs> oh, no. you know, he was, um, you know, he, <laughs> I hated coaching until I, came to, until I came and met Drew. And then I was like, man, if they have athletes like this here, <laughs> Drew, that's awesome, man, Oh, oh my god well coach i i love the fact that you continue to be involved even now it sounded like you've got some connections within that program and you're keeping tabs on them and um obviously your willingness yeah. more than anything to be involved with that program as well as oxford um you know that's just incredible and i think it speaks values about you but thank you so much for joining us here uh just for a, a small bit and sharing some of those thoughts yeah, this has been a fun one no coach. problem man Great conversation with Coach Rayner. What a guy. Mm, a guy who actually liked playing for the Lions. Maybe possibly Calvin Johnson. Or more than the Packers. That. More than the Packers. Potentially. Think, it sounded but, like he liked the Packers better. But it also didn't sound like any Lions fans were leaving Miller Light on his porch. No. So you have True. to bring that into the equation and see. It's the beer. It is. It's it, the weight of the heart. Oh, goodness gracious. And the dome. 
Oh, <laughs> you talking about the Lions Dome? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, let's talk about the Lions. G-rated around here. Let's talk about the Lions. They add some franchise legends to their staff. Dave Rayner not added to that. It's no, kinda... he is not. Uh, disappointing. But yeah. Chris Spielman, longtime linebacker for the Lions, uh, his official title with the team is the special assistant to chairman and president which is currently Rod Wood, so he'll be assisting in that search for a general manager and head coach. And Barry Sanders, really, who does not need any introduction, will serve as an advisor in this process and will participate in the interviews throughout the decision. Look yeah, so at Sheila. Barry wasn't really hired, but he was just like, he's there. Exactly. To, he's not a hired on the he's staff. Like, he's like, I'm is. dumb watching this. <laughs> let, Probably, let me tell dude. you. Let me tell you. He's become a lot more involved, especially on like Twitter and other social media, too. Yeah, I see him talking about the I would the love team. to see Kelvin Orlovsky's Johnson like that. next. Right. But Calvin and Johnson him. just won't endorse the team like that because of the way things ended in Detroit. Yeah, they, we got to fix that, and then he's come home. The new regime. Come home. The new regime will do yeah. that. I hope so. I hate that word, but I hope they do. Um, but what I want to talk about is that Detroit is set to interview Lewis Riddick no. today. No, thank you. Thursday. No, thank you. I agree. I'm with you, and I agree, but we're at least going to talk about it. So, so as you know, we're seeing this, this – this is the first external candidate for the general manager position. They've done some interviews in-house, just starting to do their due diligence, excuse me, and really go through that whole like recruiting of a general manager process. But Riddick was previously the director of pro personnel for both Washington and Philadelphia, and he really has been waiting for this because he always tweets like, oh, Stafford, hell of a throw by Stafford. Fantastic. Look at these Lions playing. It sounds like to me that he's just been waiting for this job opportunity. He loves it. It, this is just my opinion, not on Lewis Riddick, but I feel like we should uh, hire a coach before the GM. Is that just me? Is I think just it me is. That I, thinks I, that? Well, I, I don't know I if you're like, wrong in thinking that. I don't necessarily think that's the usual way of doing that. Usually no. go top down. Yeah, but like if you hire a GM, the GM the GM's going to hire the coach that he wants. But and he's look what also, happened last time. But he's also going to be on the same page as the you know Chris Spielman. Yeah, and the Barry Sanders. True. And so now it is, yeah. But that GM head coach relationship is something that is so important because we've seen in multiple franchises, Bill if Belichick, that Robert doesn't work, Kraft. if that doesn't work though, the team is dysfunctional and you're not going to have any success. Mm-hmm. No matter what type of roster you have because that whole situation of who has roster control, who has the ability to make big time decisions. You know, if the head coach and GM are on the same page, that can be done fluidly. It can be done organically. If it's not happening that way, there are so many workarounds. The Texans. That's a great point. Bill O'Brien took advantage of his power. Exactly, because he was the acting head coach and general manager, correct? Exactly. And we saw what happened to him. He's gone. (laughs) When J.J. Watt wants you out of Texas, you're out of Texas. Yeah. There ain't no ifs or buts. J.J. Watt Watt wants himself out of Texas now as the Texans are horrible. Probably. Um, Get Deshaun out of Texas, by the way. But. Either way, um, I will say I saw on Instagram that the Lions are going to be interviewing the former GM of the Falcons, I want to say. Which would honestly, I'd find that appealing. Yeah? You I don't even know do. who he is? Um, no, I forget his name. But <laughs> Okay, good. Um, look at the Falcons besides the last like couple years. Oh, yeah, I mean, they were dominant. They've had, some, they've had some success, yeah. yeah. And even before they went 28 to 3. Well, I would say just just this year, look at, and they're yeah. like still winning games. Yeah. yeah. And um, Not you did say Lewis Reddick, right? Some yep. guy who isn't currently in the, uh, the NFL, but the Raiders hired Mike Mayock, yep. who's an NFL yep. Network guy, and John Gruden. Yeah, and that's John a Gruden. great. That's actually two great examples of you know a similar situation. But you could also say, I mean, the Raiders have had they're getting yeah. more success. Beat but the Chiefs. They've had some. They've had some draft picks where you're like, what? Oh yes, they have, dude. Like a guy yes, who was almost have. a conflict or a convicted felon. Oh my god, Gary, Gary and Conley oh. from Ohio say. State. Can't say I know. 
Yeah, they took him in the first round. Oh, Shay. And he was like up for yeah, whatever. Well, I'm right. sure we'll touch back on this next week because I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. I don't think we'll have anything definitive by next week. Would you agree with no. that? No. I would say I think that process. I would is a say bit after off season is when we'll finally hire. Yeah, the watch GM. see I Bevel agree. Bevel uh, work his way. Like see what he yeah. can do. See like give him a chance. Like I'm not worried about the yeah. GM. Just play this season out, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, hair on fire for Bevel. <laughs> hey, can you make my hair on fire? No, I can't. I'm not on that editing prowess. But let's talk about the rookie of the year right now for us. I got a list of uh, I, no, they're not all uh, offensive guys on here. Aren't yeah, so you these, take these, yeah, these are the top one 15. offense, one defense. Yeah, but these are uh, these are top fifteen right now, and we got like a free safety on here. We've got linebacker and nose tackle on here um, right now. Justin Herbert leading the conversation. You think that's just you know he's a quarterback like, and over, he's he's putting up numbers or overall what? rookie? I would say Justin Herbert has been the best. Yes, they're mm-hmm. sorry team. The Chargers. I An- disagree. Anthony Lynn does not know how to coach. No. Nope. Yeah. But Herbert is by far the best rookie this 100% year. One hundred percent. By far. And I, I would agree. say even if Joey Burrow, Joey was still playing, I, I would still, still agree stay with, with Herbert. I still agree with you. Right oh, here. Right here. Got that connection. Yeah. I'm out of it. Justin Jefferson has been dominant. He's done things that rookies have not done since what was it? Randy Moss? Odell. Odell. Well, Randy Moss too, but either way, he's put up numbers that are trumping Randy. He, I, I'm just putting up the stats. Yeah. Just because he plays for the Vikings, that's the only reason. Yeah, do it. but Vikings have what's a big time games. He's been a big time contributor for that team. Which in the offensive rookie of the year, not just like best rookie period, because Chase Young, uh, be the best rookie period would be Herbert Chase Young right there. Okay, yeah. but that's for He's, offensive yeah. rookie, it's Justin Jefferson. Like he'll get some votes for rookie. Jefferson of the year, is that number two right that. now, and I forget. I think it was like. CBS who did these rankings or something, but um, Herbert, Jefferson, Young are those top three. So I think that's justified. Which after this week, I mean, after last week, these are probably last week because Young had a heck of a game last week. That's pretty updated. So okay, yeah, well, it's what it's I'm saying. Current. I think yeah, actually, I would what, I would have about? a I would have a say that Young is actually the best rookie, like not just offensive and offensive and defensive. What do you got to say? I don't know. About um, that. Jeremy Chin from the Panthers. He's he's, yeah, he's been out. a stud this yeah. year. Yeah, he's um, at number six right here. Yeah, you're, you're, but Chase Young is going to win rookie. Well, I really defensive rookie. I right mean, here. yeah, I think Chase Young will. But honestly, I look at Jeremy Chin. I feel like has had more of an impact on his team. Where Chase Young surrounded by three other great defensive, defensive front Stud. is unreal. And exactly where I was going. Where your point, Justin Jefferson's not even the number one or two option on his team. How could he be? Dalvin Who's Cook the number? And Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. He's that third option on that offense. And Justin Herbert is the guy. What do you mean you what don't you know about, about that? Just like in general offensive weapons? Yeah, like, like offensive I'd weapons. rather give them okay. the ball than I thought you were talking about like receiving yeah. or something like oh, that. Oh, no. Okay. I, I see. Would, I but Delvin Cook has had down too. weeks, though, the last couple of weeks, and we have not seen a decline from Jefferson. A That's down, where a down week for Delvin Cook is like still 80 yards. 100 no, yards. No, 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 no. He, I'm he, he had 100 yards in a touchdown last week against the Bucs. I'm saying before that, he had a few. He had a streak of games that he was not performing. I'm just saying. He is on a seven-game streak of having 110-plus scrimmage yards. I don't think so. Right now, Delvin Cook is the best back in football. You said King Henry was last week. I said right now. <laughs> he might be all around. I think Derrick Henry's better runner. Yeah. Interesting. We, we got into that. Yeah. We know what yeah, everybody we'll thinks. But yeah. just saying, he is that third option on that team. And don't forget about Antonio Winfield from the Bucks. He had a monster, like, first five games yeah. or whatever. That's very true. And now he's just chilled out. Yeah. But I guess after that, though, it's like, 
we have to talk about like in comparison to rookies. You know what I mean? So like yeah. even for him, he's still performing very well. James but Robinson. when you're up against a bunch of guys that are have been in the league for so long, you might not notice it. You James I mean? Robinson's True. top five in Russian undrafted. Number really? three. He's number I three. I didn't know that. He's behind Henry and Cook. I did not know that. That's yeah. awesome. Good for him. He was a th- he was a third one to break a thousand yards. How about first undrafted rookie ever to rush for a thousand yards in a season? That's gotta get some votes. Really? Philip Philip Lindsay didn't do that? No. No. Wow. I would have expected him to be that guy. Because he was, he, was he broke correct. Philip Lindsay's record. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Just like makes Herbert, sense. Yeah, I think it was yeah. probably short. Great. He was thirteen games. Lindsay was like sixteen. I games. see. Yeah, I see. How about your guy Jonathan Taylor, who we talked about last week? He's yeah, at number you know, fifteen. He he's gonna get hot here. I feel like, but at the same time, when you haven't had that big old production of body of work, you know, where it, like Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts could be a a stud and look way better than Herbert, there's no way he'll get rookie of the year. Just like Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Jalen yeah. Hurts is not even on this list. Rookie year. And he even in like week eight. Yeah. And that's – Herbert's going to break Baker's record for rookie touchdowns. That's why I'm just – I feel like it's his to get. Yeah. I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that he's uh, splitting a good bit with Naheem Hines in the backfield? Yeah, for sure. Because he doesn't and get even, that sole uh, role. Joe Wilkins has even played a little bit. And – Honestly, he was going to split even more time when Marlon Mack was on, or didn't get hurt. Then he yeah. tore his Achilles. Yeah, that's a great point. So, so he's actually had a chance now to live. He's had shine more a of a more chance than, than he would have originally. Yeah. I think even next year he's going to split reps with Mack. Yeah, probably. Well, nah, they are different backs. I feel though. like Mack different skill sets that complement each other. Might be on the, his way out. Okay, too. Mm. An Achilles injury for a running back. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, like, I like how Jonah Jackson's on this list. Yeah, I like the offensive lineman getting some yeah. opportunities there. There's yeah, a, there's a few a, offensive linemen. He's had a good season. The Owenu. one that I loved that was uh, that Tristan Wirfs for the Bucks. Yeah, and you know what? I remember him getting Jedrick drafted. Wills is not on there. Not and I know I'm a Browns fan, but he's played such a crucial role in their pass blocking scheme. I don't know how he's not even in the top fifteen. And also Beecham is probably the best player on the Jets offensive. Offense. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really. He is the best player on their mm-hmm. offense. And he's oh. a left tackle. Bold take. <laughs> the best I player mean, on their offense is a left tackle. <laughs> well, I mean, there's awesome. not much to compare him to. Uh, compare we him. are going to transition over to some college football talk. But before that, I want to go to a conversation with Caleb Smith, our second guest of the day, to talk about his journey to Fair State. Our second guest of the day on Division One Rejects is a new member of the GLIAC, now officially a Bulldog at Powerhouse Fair State University. Coming, though, from South Dakota, a high school football state champion state champion, excuse me, from Davison and one of the pound-for-pound pound strongest members of any defensive secondary, it's Caleb Smith. What's going on, Caleb? Hey, how you doing? Fantastic, man. I'm pumped to have you on. I, was, uh, I will say right off the bat that I was so pissed that we did not get to play you guys last year after we lost to uh, Eisenhower. Yeah, that would have been a good game. I mean, it would have been better than the Eisenhower game. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it would have been. Like, they, they beat us, I think, by, like, one score, and then went out and just got murked by you guys. And we had that scrimmage earlier in the year, and it was just, like, that atmosphere was awesome, even, like, even for, like, a pregame, like, a scrimmage before the season. Um, but, yeah, I was pissed about that. But, anyways, I remember powerlifting with you, too, and it feels like such a long time ago, even though it was probably, like, around a year ago, and – you know, first of all, you already know you put up some numbers in the weight room, but if I remember correctly, you hold some records at Davison for a few of the lifts. Uh yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, let's hear, let's hear a couple. Um, I mean, I did. Uh, I have the front squat, front squat uh, record. It's uh, I did uh, four thirty five for uh, for Sheesh. three, and then um, with bench, I did uh, I well, I did three fifteen for five. 
That's unreal, bro. And for like, and people, I don't, I don't want four. Don't, yeah, don't take this the wrong way, but like for a safety, like, you know what I mean? Like you expect those yeah. numbers coming from yeah. a middle linebacker or defensive lineman. You know what I mean? So I just, I want to know, like, what do you keep, what do you do to keep that combination of strength and speed? Because obviously both are required to play that position. You can't just be the biggest guy in the field because you have to be able to move around, read defenses. Um, what do you do right now, especially not being able to work out as I'm sure you usually would be doing with a bunch of guys or playing seven on seven or whatever? Um, mostly, it, it mostly takes like a lot of cardio. So with how much I eat, I usually cut it down. So I was like cardio in the morning and cardio before I go to sleep. So yeah, it's just trying to stay on your feet as much as possible. Like it's always good to lift a lot, but if you can, if you can't like go out there and do your job, then there's no point in lifting a lot of weight. So you gotta make sure you find that balance. Yeah, no, you're right, that dude. Balance, yeah. yeah, that's a good point, actually. I need to get stuff with my cardio a little bit. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you're totally right, though. Like I've played with some guys that like. They will lift you out of the gym, but then as soon as you get on the field, whether it be like they just don't understand the game or like they're not positioned like, ready I, to I play could, football. Like there's names on the top of my head that I think. You know of. what I mean? Yeah. Like there's guys that you think of like that. So it's important to have that balance. But I mentioned it. You just found a new home with Ferris State, and I want to say, I want to tell me if this is correct. You were only in that transfer portal stage for five days before you got you know committed to Ferris. Uh, that, that, is, that is correct. Bro, that that's uh, for me. I just think that's unreal because I remember I saw your tweet finding and finding uh, home that fast. yeah, like finding a new place that quickly. Um, I saw your tweet and reached out to you immediately because you know after after only a semester at South Dakota, I you know I'd be lying if I said I wasn't surprised to see you um, enter that transfer portal. But I am very happy to see that you found a home so quickly. I would assume then that coming out of South Dakota, Ferris was an ideal landing spot for you. Uh. It was one of the schools I talked to a lot, and I was uh, me and my coach, uh, head coach from high school, really cool with them and his people. But uh, they were definitely some people that are there. No matter what, they knew I wasn't going to come. They want I was going to stop school, but they still called me and check up on me. So they always kept a little, like a good little relationship going. So I always had it with them. So I kind of already knew where I was going to go after I came. So. Yeah, and that's uh, Coach Anise, correct? Yeah, Coach Anise. Got you, got you. Um, that's that's important. I mean, especially like even after you know, obviously. You had an offer from Ferris State before going to South Dakota. Even though you don't go there, they maintain that co- that connection with you and um, that relationship. Um, I was like you said, that's a huge reason that you ended up there. But how excited are you to join that Ferris State team? Obviously, have been dominating the GLIAC the last couple of years. But more importantly, they send a lot of guys to the NFL over, like almost every year. I want to say Drew and I were at the Ravens Browns game just the other night, and we saw a guy from Ferris State on the field there. So that was like really surreal for us to see playing in the same league as these guys. I think it's really cool because I know you're a guy that has aspirations to play at that next level after college. Is that something that's super important to you as well? Yeah, so that was one of the big uh, factors was just seeing them actually produce guys and have guys in the league right now. I think they have around six or seven guys that actually play in the NFL. Yeah. So it's like with them uh, having all that and like knowing that I could have a future, what I want to do, and then being able to put me there is pretty big because with a lot of other schools, it'd be like that's a dream, that's a possibility, but then it could be an actual reality. So I thought that was pretty dope. A dream versus a reality. Mm. That's actually, that's pretty well put. I like that. Like other schools might not treat it as seriously as Ferris. Right, yeah, kind of. I was thinking that, yeah. So yeah. when I like, I had to go take a visit to Grand Valley and like other schools like that. Okay. I'm pretty quick, actually. So I mean, it just seemed like more of like an actual thing that could be accomplished with Paris when it compared to the other schools. So I thought that was really a big factor for me. Yeah, well, definitely. Doing it sounds like you have your priorities straight, which is an awesome thing. 
But I want to talk about some of your guys that are graduating this year from Davison. We talked with my former high school coach, Hunter and I's uh, John Blackstock, yep. last week about how schools are missing out on a ton of scholarship money this year because of that increased eligibility for their seniors. Now they have to keep those guys on scholarship for another year, which leaves them with less money for the 2021 recruiting class. And really, this whole process is just screwing everybody, it seems like. What have you heard from some of those guys and how that recruiting process has been so far? You know, it's tough on a lot of guys, especially guys who going into their senior year don't really have a lot of offers and they're yeah. trying to line up season and maybe yeah. some last-second camps to go to during the summer. So with that being taken away, it was kind of riding out on like the, maybe the eight games that they got to play in. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them don't have a lot of film to show off that, so they're kind of just working and just like keeping their prayers up to get it. So I feel I feel for those guys a lot because I remember being in a situation where I didn't have any offers, I didn't have any work or anything like that. I was trying to make it to every camp, but at least yeah. I had the option. So for those guys, it's just like, when I ever see one of my guys that are like trying to post something about working hard, I always like try to recreate, like help them out. Like, I mean, I know my study's not going to get them a lot farther, but they'll help out at least somewhat. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be really tough for those guys, but in the end, we're just making it for the better. I feel bad for those guys, but I mean, shit, we got to go through it. Yeah, you. I mean, yeah. This it's not like there's really any way around I, it. You know, I what didn't I mean? even yeah. think about those camps, like summer camps. Those were all shut down because exactly. of COVID. Like I didn't even think about stuff. that yeah, and all that. I. I was just thinking about like games and visits and all that. For real. And I was, I know me personally, like I was so sick of going to camps because I'm like, we've talked about it. Like yeah, I'm the last yeah. guy that's like a short and t-shirt guy. Like I'm not going to go run the fastest 40. <laughs> I'm not going to juke some kid out in a, like a one-on-one -on -one drill or whatever. It's just not me. You know what I mean? Like put the pads on and I'm a Dude. decent player, but like, I don't know. What do you think about all that? I wish, I wish they had, like you said, I wish they had a camp with pads on because right. a lot of these dudes who show up at camps can't really play on the field and it's like vice versa. So it's like, you don't really get a good feel for a guy when they're playing in T-shirts and shorts yep. rather than fucking shoulder pads and other shit like that. So it's yeah. like, yeah. I I wish that they'd do like seven on seven hitting or like full team stuff. Like that'd be sweet in a camp. Like so, if anybody's listening, they can make that happen. But I mean, if they yeah. made that happen, I think it'd be a lot easier on coaches with a suit instead of kind of based off film and then whatever forty time they run. So I think there's oh, a lot yeah. more to play than just that. There's a way less. There'd be way less risk involved with like picking up some kids who like are prima donnas and like basically look real good out in the field or whatever. And then you put and the, pads, the pads, on, pads yeah. on, and it's like, ooh, I don't want to get hit. Now I will say, I know you had an offer from uh, Western Illinois, correct? Originally, yeah, so I got invited mm -hmm. to a camp out there. And I remember their coach telling me that like, you know, if I came out to the camp, bring shoulder pads and a helmet. Like they were allowed to do shells and really? stuff for their prospect camps. You ever hear anything about that? I have never. Well. Same thing about Western Illinois. Western Illinois offered me as a fullback. Okay, a fullback. Yeah, but um, what? I don't know. With uh, Western Illinois, I didn't hear anything about that. So they actually had you guys wear shells and shit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so I don't. They, yeah, they had you that's, shells? yeah, that's what I, I didn't end up going, so I didn't get to see it. It didn't really sound like they had really much interest in me. It was kind of like a, you know, just like a come to the camp, yeah, whatever. But... Yeah. So I didn't end up yeah. going there. It didn't really seem like a place I wanted to be at. But yeah, he was saying like. Um, and he sent me a couple of clips. I think it was like Coach Roberts there, right? It's probably the same guy that you talked to. Yeah. Yeah. So he was sending me some clips, and these guys are doing like Oklahoma, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, no that's just like, like this is something I want to be a part of. I mean, it's also like you can't yeah. go to a camp and be like, hey, sign all this paperwork, because like imagine if you get a concussion there. Now it's on oh, you do, yeah. You had to oh, sign. Dude, you had exactly. to sign off basically on the fact that like, hey, if I get injured, it's not it's not these the coaches' fault. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like that that's, would be... that's probably why nobody does shoulder pads and all that. That's probably Duh. true. And I wonder if it's like a state thing too in Illinois. I mean, I don't know. I just do I do remember that though, and I remember being like so blown away by that. But back to those guys in that senior recruiting class, I just want to know from you, could you imagine committing to a school 
without like either visiting there or being there for a game or whatever, because that's what it seems like there are so many kids that are going to have to make super tough decisions like that without even being on campus. Um, I kind of feel for him because when I, I came to South Dakota in my end of my junior year, going to senior year, and I was never on campus until after uh, early wow. time there. Wow. Yeah. So you signed before you actually yeah. got on campus? Yeah, about a wow. year before I got on campus. I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that. So yeah, did, I early signing. Out there. Okay. Yeah. So obviously then when you got to campus, it was just like a, I mean, did you, did you campus. Like, I was going to say, do you feel like you <laughs> just came in right away or what? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely different. So like I took an official there about uh, probably like five or six months before we actually all went on the campus because they bumped everything. But okay. it was kind of just me having space and a lot of coaches there and being like, okay, as long as it's what you guys say it's going to be. I'll come, and then what you get, like, you don't feel so much to get there, obviously, but it's yeah. definitely a huge risk. I wish I would have just went there on campus and saw it first and stuff like that and really see how I fit in. But I feel for them, guys. It'd be tough just making that call because you're a guy with a bunch of offers that you can't go see places. It's like, what, what are you going to, like, decide between what's better than one thing and you haven't even been there? So that'd be tough. Yeah, I know, like, schools are doing, like, virtual tours now and, like, trying to show off parts of campus without even um, being with kids in a lot of states or a lot of even schools are not allowing coaches to do home visits. Like, this year, this year is, like, so different. Different. It's, different. it's, like, a nice way. It's, like, terrible. It's terrible for all these guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, like, I feel for all of them and, like, having to to go through, you know, whatever, all of that. But um, what is the next step for you heading out to Ferris State? When will you actually report to campus here after break? Um, I think it's the first couple of weeks of January. I'm not really sure on the okay. but Got you. Um, and then... Next step would just be uh, just to try to get in, meet with the guys, and just be a part of a new team. I mean, it's going to be like the same thing over again from last semester, but I feel like it'll be a pretty good set. I know, I know a lot of the guys there, so it'll be I, cool for yeah. about old age team. So that'd be cool. That's what I was about to ask, Lee, if you had any, you know, prior connections coming into Ferris or if you were kind of, you know, maybe going in blind, but it sounds like you know a lot of the guys there, got some good connections. Yeah, like uh, I was, we all train at this place in a point called Four Seven Five. So I know a couple of dudes, like uh, some twins that play DB there, and then like Nick and Mark, and they play D line. So okay, I know a couple of guys there, and, like Dan Perry and stuff in the field. Yeah, but uh, I'm a, a couple of guys. And they they don't have you playing fullback, right? They got you playing safety. Yeah, they got me playing safety. Okay, so good. Go. <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, when you said that earlier, I was, I mean. Not that, like, you know, you don't have the build for it or anything. I just was a little bit caught by surprise by that. But what does that uh, defensive secondary look like for the Bulldogs right now? What kind of guys do they have returning? Um, I think they got they didn't really have a lot of people to add or anything, especially with everybody getting that extra year of eligibility. Yeah, that's true. Jobs. But they got about the same quarter they got last last year. So, I mean, some pretty good dudes. I mean, I just want to try to fit in somewhere that I can make a little impact. But wherever my impact would be, whether it be on special teams or something, like Hoping to get on the field and do whatever I can to help them win. That's so. the mindset you got to have. That's the mindset you got to have. Blue collar mindset. Get in there. Work your tail off. Work your way up. I got no doubt you'll do that, my man. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you for having me. I uh, hope you guys have a good night. Of course. You too, my guy. I'll talk to you. Great conversation with Caleb, man that confronts squat the entire weight room, it seems. Yeah, it <laughs> seems like that. That Dude, was a big number. That was, I'm telling you, man. I powerlifted with him. He beat me by a pretty small margin, but he beat me. He yeah, was yeah, a small margin. Strong yeah. dude. I'm Keep just saying, there, he's a strong dude. Great dude, too. Um, he was uh, safety at Davison. I was kind of surprised to hear that he was getting recruited as a fullback at uh, Western yeah. Illinois. You smush him? It sounded like what? You smush him? Did what you ever you play him? No, we did. We scrimmaged. We were Davison's him. last loss. Yeah, give me some. Yep. Hey, we scrimmaged. Not going to say we drove down the field in three plays.
I was really looking forward to that game against them if we did not, um, you know, lose to Eisenhower. We could not get our crap together. So yeah. that would have been great. But a hey, tough game to go to, too. What is, what is, you know what I mean? So Especially sitting on the Eisenhower side. Oh, like, Jesus. I moved from time that to time. That is brutal, man. Moved Five. from time to time. Let's talk about <laughs> some college football. This weekend we have some great conference championships. Hunter, why don't you start us off at the top of that list? All right, so conference champions this week, uh, we got Ohio State, Northwestern, four versus 14. Big Ten. Big Ten. We'll get we'll get to our picks later, but this I'm just going to name them off. Alabama, Florida, another big game, SEC. Uh, Notre Dame, Clemson. This is an interesting one because Notre Dame, once again, is in the ACC. The this best. Week. Yeah, this is the best. I this mean, ranking-wise. Yeah. yeah. But, and also will probably be the best game. But Agreed. Once again, Notre Dame's in the ACC. Got Big 12, Iowa State, Oklahoma. Will be Very underrated. Very interesting game. game right there. Interesting because we'll especially Iowa State sitting at that sixth spot. Could see some shuffling. Mm-hmm. And then we got Pac-12, Oregon, USC, which we talked about last episode because Washington can't play because of COVID. Yeah. So Oregon moved in there. That one probably won't be as interesting. Yep. Sunbelt, uh, we got Louisiana and the boys at Coastal Carolina. I might be most excited about this game. <laughs> I will, I will be watching that game. Dude, Coastal Carolina barely yeah. pulled one out against Troy last yeah. week. You guys see they, that? They scored late in the fourth quarter to keep that winning streak alive. The announcer seemed very enthusiastic when he did. Yeah, like, exactly. Coastal scores a touchdown. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if they – not to get caught up on the Sun Belt here for a second, but – if they were to lose to Troy, that would give the college football like ranking committee and everything drop more out. than enough. They'd be gone. They've just been waiting for a reason to get them out of town. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I love it. I love it. They sticking around. They're sticking around. UCF is in a similar situation. They were in a similar situation, but Louisiana's at number 19. Coastal's at 12. Louisiana, one of their staple wins was against that Iowa State team, who's currently at number six in the country. Yeah. That looks pretty good right about mm-hmm. now. But the last two, um, you know, what was it, group of five? Not Power 5, but Group AAC, of 5 games. Five. We've got AAC. the American Athletic Conference. Number 23, Tulsa at number 9, Cincinnati, which was actually supposed to happen last week between the two teams. Not the conference championship, but they were supposed to play last week. Got canceled because of this stupid pandemic. So, thankfully, we got a backup week, and they get to play Well, this I kind of like it because now they're able to just play for the championship. Like, I agree. Get it out of the yeah, way. Yeah, get it out of the way. Why play twice? No. You know what I mean? I agree with you. But um, last but not least, the Mid-American Conference, also known as the MAC. Buffalo and our guy Jarrett Patterson, that insane running back. That guy. Who has a twin brother, by the way, playing linebacker there, I believe. So I watched a little bit of a story on him. Um, They are playing against Ball State. Ball State, I believe, is 5 0. Buffalo by a million. Buffalo actually has a loss in the season. I forget who they lost to. Buffalo by a million. Just saying. I'll take Buffalo too, but I'm just saying. Buffalo is, I believe, 4 1 coming into that game. Ball State's undefeated currently. No, I want to say they're undefeated. Buffalo, who'd they lose? They didn't lose to Kent State. Look it up. I, I don't know, but I thought I saw that. Um, the one team I did want to mention, though, before we kind of go back through and break down some of those those games is number five currently, Texas A&M, who didn't make a conference championship this year because of Alabama in the SEC West and a win over a 3-6 and six Tennessee team this weekend isn't going to do Shame. much for them in the college football playoff picture. Um, you know, Tennessee... They're going to beat them, I would assume, right? Tennessee has not had the year. The Volunteers have not had the year that they were expecting. I think they were actually pretty highly favored. Not to win, like, the SEC or anything crazy, but... Tennessee and Texas are always so highly favored and always... <laughs> <laughs> Texas has been as of late. Obviously, yeah. they've had their days. Texas yeah. is... Since Vince Young, I guess, but... Well, Texas went to the Big 12 Championship a couple years ago. Okay, okay. so they've been relevant. They've, they've been relevant. But and Tennessee by, most definitely has not. And by the way, Kobe, uh, Buffalo is actually 5-0. and And once again, I will say Buffalo by a million. My bad. I'll still agree with you. Buffalo is... That's the team. You can't go against Jared Patterson, yeah, right. who tweeted at Ohio football because they had to cancel the game because of COVID. He's like, 
man, y'all you didn't us, want man. me to rush. Yeah, y'all duck us, man. He's, he said something along the lines of like, you lucked out. You know <laughs> what I mean? Out. That's so funny. Bad, bad man, next Kareem Hunt. Yeah, but running um, back whoa. out of the Mac. Running back out of the He's from Toledo. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh. that's what I'm saying. Like, I thought you were talking about like no, the, not talent wise. The punter. Okay. Oh, the punter cream. Well, let's talk about some of these games in a little bit more in depth here before we move on to our next topic, our last topic here. Ohio State, Northwestern. <laughs> I think Northwestern is going to start pretty strong. I think they're going to have Justin Fields flustered a little bit. I think they get a big time this turnover. Is coming from the same guy who said, the Browns and Ravens, I feel like it's going to be a defensive matchup. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> so I will your say, when we, showed up, when we showed up, I was like, I'm not expecting to see too much offense early. I said early, okay. but I said, I'm not expecting to see too much offense early because of the conditions and the teams having the running offense. And it was a freaking just shoot. Yeah, game. it was a firefight. It was awesome. Beautiful. But Ohio State Northwestern, I say Northwestern keeps it interesting, at least in the beginning. They have a big time turnover that's going to keep them in the game. Dude, as long as they can keep the ball in their hands and not give Ohio State yeah, opportunities to actually. Yeah. But their offense is what? 10th, 8th, 9th in the Big great. Ten. Exactly. So I say Ohio State runs away with it in the second half easily. Um, you know, if it is, even is interesting at that point. But I, I do think Northwestern will stick points. around. What I'm saying is just don't bet on Northwestern. Agreed. I would not. State. No, I would not put any money and on take that. Take the over. Alabama, Florida. Alabama, Florida. I feel like it's going to be over. a close game. Take the do over. I do. I think Florida is going to come out showing that. I, I, I just think they're. Better than a seventh ranking. Obviously, with a loss, they're going to have to be there. But I think Alabama knocks the freaking wheels off. I, I think so, too. I mean, I'm I not saying so they're going to win. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know you think you can keep it close. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think Kyle Trask is enough to keep them in this game because Alabama defense, like we know, even though this year is not the defense they've had in past years, has been much more of an so offensive year. Defense. It's so still, defense in this that's the, that's the weird thing about Alabama. They don't the rebuild, they thing. reload. Exactly. Like a, a down year for like Alabama defense. You like know what I mean? Sixth. Yeah. Is insane. But we've always known their defense to be just legendary and one of the best mm-hmm. in college football. But since more of the emphasis has been placed upon that, you know, those stars on the offensive side of the ball, we haven't heard as much about their defense. Yeah. They're still performing. And I think Kyle Trask still has a great day. He's going to put up between 250 and 300 yards. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's going to throw, throw the ball He's 45 throw the times. Point. He's going to throw up his point. He's going to throw it up. It's not going to be enough. I say Alabama keeps Florida under 30 points and they get the win. You know, we're not we'll doing game backs. We're, we're not, not doing, doing game backs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But, but I will say that's just what, what I was thinking. But what about this ACC championship Oof. game? Number two Notre Dame versus number three Clemson. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is back for the Tigers. That's all you need to know. I feel. I, like. I think you can literally go back. I will be taking Clemson. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence I, is the best player in college football, even though he's not going to win the Heisman this year. And I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. Yeah, yeah I agree because like I feel, he's like, back. It, I feel like it's. He's gonna margin, he's too. gonna throw up the MJ and technically it's an upset if that happens. Like, I'm back. You know he's back. They are ranked below them. At I feel three. like Clemson's gonna be projected to win by Vegas though. Really, like a minus yeah. two. That would be interesting. Yeah, like I don't see that very. Like how the Ravens were projected to beat the Browns. That's a good point. Wise. That's a good point because of Lamar Jackson coming back. Yeah. So and it's a pretty Trevor. similar situation. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you though because he is he takes that term game manager and it's so much more because of how talented like unreal talented he mm. is but his ability to still manage that team and to be a leader on and off the field. And I don't he got engaged in the stadium. He ain't, he ain't going to lose at Clemson. He's 85 and like 3 as a starter from high school to college. He's like 85 and 5. I or don't something. think that he's the biggest difference maker in that game though. Really, who is it? I think it's ETN. I think Trevor's going to look to him. If they can run the ball. Everyone's going to be looking Trevor's hey. back. Trevor's back. And Trevor's guess back. what? That's what I said originally, not to toot my own horn, but I did say when they originally met, 
against Notre Dame, Notre Dame and Clemson. I said this. You can go back and watch the pod. I said this. I said Travis Etienne is going to be the difference maker in this game. He came out. The game was still very close because Uyunglele had an, an unreal showing mm-hmm. for that well, backup quarterback good pronunciation. role. That was, Thank that, you. That, that slipped right practice. off the tongue. Thank Congrats. you. But Travis Etienne had a down game, and even though that game went into, what, one or two overtimes? Yeah. Right? True. But even though that was that close of a game, if Etienne has a better day and they keep that ball in their hands away from Ian Book and that fighting Irish offense, that's a win for Clemson. So I, really, I would agree with you. Etienne has yeah. a good day, take Clemson. I really feel like they're more dynamic when Trevor's in because – That's true. DJ. DJ. Yeah, DJ. Um, <laughs> he he uh, he's, a, he's a gifted passer. He is. And he threw for almost 400 yards I mean, he's, he can he can run, mm-hmm. but Trevor's, Trevor's got some wheels. Trevor does, man, and you would not expect Sneak. that by looking at him. Sneaky fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, he moves around very well. Um, Next game. Big 12, Iowa State, Oklahoma. Blowout. Four. Oklahoma. No, I don't I, see I it. see a shootout because, once again, it's Big 12. I do see a shootout. But I'll agree with you. It's, it's not see. going to be a defensive struggle. But, <laughs> but Iowa I do State. see Iowa State's coming on top. All they right. have. You know what? The fact that okay, Iowa Mr. State. Okay, Mr. Lead Dog. I feel like Iowa, these are game picks. The, mm-hmm. the fact that Iowa State. We'll, we'll finish off the rest of our game picks later on. But the fact that Iowa State has come all the way back from the trash can of a beginning yeah, of the season that they had. And now they they're lost, at six. Oh yeah. But that they also much lost momentum, to a three-loss Oklahoma State team. But that much momentum. Oklahoma State at one point was top ten in the country. So, I mean, yeah, but they, they were playing good football. They still lost three games. I know. But they were playing good football at yeah, one point. I agree. But Iowa State has so much momentum behind them for me. And really, that's uh, that's what I'm riding on. No, I respect Oklahoma. that. I do respect yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I really can't stand Spencer Rattler. So. I don't like Spencer Rattler, but I'm yeah. never going to. But you're still an Oklahoma guy. I get it. I get it. Hunter, what do you think? I'll when my game picks go. Okay. Oh, okay. oh sorry. Sorry about that. Pac-12. Are we all consensus on a blowout, it. but you we won't it. say who? Yeah. 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 USC okay. by a million. Sunbelt. I mean, we kind of already coastal, talked about it. We kind of already talked about that. Yeah. Coastal I mean, beat coastal. That's going to be That is going to be a close game. But yeah. you're right. They do have their number It's hard to beat a team twice, though. It is very difficult That's why to beat I'm saying Oklahoma. Twice. That's why I'm saying Oklahoma. It's a good point. But, uh, yeah, I think I mean, dude, Coastal, imagine that. The end of that season. Mm-hmm. What a run for those guys. And Well, I shouldn't say the end of that season. The end of their conference season. They'll definitely have a bowl game. You know what I mean? 100%. So, well, it'll be interesting to see if they get a Power 5 What's in that really going to suck is you know what I mean? they usually go six. with the best. Yeah, that'd be unreal. Well, I don't think they're going to because they yeah. usually go with the best group of five team gets in the Power 5, like, Western Cincinnati. and UCF, but and Cincinnati's sitting there. Tulsa beats Cincinnati. All of a sudden, that opens the door for a Coastal to get in. I really think Cincinnati's a top six team in the country. Though. I agree. I don't think they're going to lose. I'm just saying theoretically. If it open, if oh, it happen, if they lose, Cincinnati's going to go from, what are they, nine to like unranked. 17. Now, Tulsa is 23. No, so, no Tulsa's 23. They won't drop. They won't drop out of the They'll rankings. get them to like. They'll definitely drop at least five to ten spots. They'll drop them one beneath. Coastal. One ab- yeah. <laughs> that would one be- above. Man. So Coastal gets in. And you mean one yeah, one beneath. Yeah. yeah. But dude, that'd be unreal. Man. I guess we kind of talked about Cincinnati Tulsa a little bit. Already talked about Buffalo, Ball State. Um, why don't we just do our game the rest of our game picks right now before we jump into some national signing day talk? What do you think? I don't know. I feel like I feel like the for the viewers that make it, they get to yeah, okay. enjoy let, it. Let, let, let I like it. I like it. Stick around to hear our game picks. Let's talk a little bit of National Signing Day, why don't we? Huh? Yeah. National Signing Day. That was yesterday. We're recording this on Thursday, so it was Wednesday of this week. Uh, Let's talk about what teams came out on top of National Signing Day. I know you guys didn't follow it so much. The Blue Bloods. Neither did I. I don't really care for National Signing Day, seeing all these guys sign. It's cool. It's a great experience for them, especially this year was very different because they can't have all these huge events. Mm. People were outside in the snow with masks on and these space heaters, and it was pretty funny. Um, But 
It was no, cool, though. No surprise here. Alabama cool. not only looks to have the best signing class this year so far, you know, early signing day, so not like everybody's already yep. signed, but mm-hmm. a majority of the kids who are going to Power 5 schools. The early enlisters. Are exactly, the ones exactly. But they may actually rival the 2010 Florida signing class, who had the highest-ranked class in the history of the 24-7 sports database. That's, that was right after Tebow. Yep. Yeah, so that's down. that's that's riding that wave, basically, then they yeah, got all those great Urban recruits. Meyer. But, I mean, we talked about Dave Rayner earlier. How much do those stars really mean? Nothing. You know what I mean? Nothing. Nothing not, if you're wearing maize and blue. It's Alabama, though. You know yeah, what I mean? If you're in red, oh. For some odd reason, every time you're in a red program, like a red um, colored program. Oh, wow. Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma Alabama, Ohio is, State, Oklahoma. Georgia. That's actually true, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean. Let's yeah. see. The red, the red teams kind of bring it, I guess. Okay, okay. They well, bring it. one of those they red teams it. is at number two, that being Ohio State. LSU is at number three. Clemson at four. Um, should we be looking for LSU to bounce back in a big way this next couple of years? I would assume so. Especially with that freshman quarterback that played great last week against That's Florida. That's a great point. He had a great start for them, yeah, and it was yeah, we'll unreal numbers. And I really think that when you lose the amount of talent you do, no matter if it was – Yeah, I mean, that senior class was packed. And yeah. yeah. Like, Who's uh, num- the over- number one overall draft pick? The difference between TV. LSU and Alabama is LSU has not experienced that many times before. They've had guys no. go to the NFL for sure. They have a ton of guys, but they've never had that large amount. Exactly. I don't know if Alabama has ever had well, that large of an amount. They set a record. Do you think about it? Alabama's, Alabama's constantly been good. Yeah. Like when OBJ and Jarvis and all those studs that we all talk about now, like Tyron Matthew, LSU, LSU was, they had like that one yeah. good season, but like LSU was like, oh, yeah. nine to 10 wins, like a Michigan. But then, you know, yeah. now it's like we expect LSU to be better because of the foundation that that's Burrow and all that. Yeah, that's a great but point. we got to also remember that a couple guys opted out for LSU. Now, year. the three of us played against one of the kids that signed early to go play at LSU, that being Garrett Dellinger from Clarkson. I think he's a beast. Got to line up against him multiple times. I was like, they put me on like a third, like a third down situation to pass rush. Well, guess what? They ran the ball and they ran it to my side. And I won't say I made a business decision and ducked him or anything. I was just trying to hold my ground. That was difficult. You're making a financial He was decision. a big dude. He's a big dude. He's a talented dude, yeah. too. Like, his ability to move, um, you know, it, it's scary. It's borderline scary. Like, you see um, Aaron Donald doing those footwork drills. I mean, obviously, he's not to that level, or else no. we'd be talking about him a lot more. But he can move really well for a senior in high school or a guy that's just now getting into college. It's scary, man. Mm-hmm. For but, sure. Yeah. Uh, another guy we played against in the OAA Red, Donovan Edwards, the number four running back in the country, previously at West Bloomfield High School, who – churns out all these insane athletes because they recruit well. year in year out um who just signed to go play at michigan kind Easily of a shocker but not the most talented guy i've played against as would far as a skilled position yes. for sure would you guys agree who else who yeah he's Are also a year than, older so other he, than trey mosley trey, trey mosley is very good and too also, trey mosley dominated us that junior mm-hmm. year junior year he had my junior year yeah. yeah he had my senior year he had three catches for three touchdowns. Dude, we and were like, was like 170 yards. We're up like 14 to three. We were like up, the first. We were up 21 to seven at halftime. Yeah. Wow. And then they, yeah. he came back. And then and Trey like, Mosley was like, like oh, yeah, turn it on. We have Trey Mosley. Let's throw him the ball and they Mossed. burn our safeties like that. It was ridiculous. He's mm-hmm. a he's a great talent too at Michigan State. So rival from where Donovan Edwards ended up. But, you know, I say that because I'm pretty surprised he's going to play for Harbaugh because he had offers from literally everywhere. Alabama. Georgia, Blue Notre Blue. Dame. He, he, had, he had offers from everywhere. He could go anywhere he, want, where he wanted. Over 60 Division One offers. Yeah, I heard he was actually he considering um, Northwood, Northern, and Tech in his final four. Yeah, I think, that was, a, I think that was actually the final, like, yeah, yeah somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that too. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to talk about him because 
Uh, you mentioned Georgia as one of those guys who always picks up those classes. Georgia looked to be a potential destination for Edwards, who visited Athens twice. RBU. And that's a great point because they have that legacy Remember of doing Alabama. that. They wanted to pair him up with another four-star running back in the 2021 class Ooh, maybe to make like them that. like a, some type of duo. Sound familiar? Chubb and Sony? Yeah. Maybe he was like, but maybe Edwards. Maybe I want to be, be the, the guy. Dog. Yeah. yeah, I want to be the guy. So I will say that Michigan was his first reported offer, and I'd assume that's why the connection with U of M was so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus Bellamy being a Michigan Bellamy guy. Bellamy is a big Michigan guy, and he's got teammates that we played against just last yep, year. Wheeler. Yep, Wheeler's there as well. So some great talent that we've seen. Um, playing there, and I'm assuming that was had a huge pull on him. Him. But I wonder if that really was it. Like, maybe I want to be the guy. You know what I mean? If you're that talented, and it sounds like you can say that. Yeah, to be the guy. I I saw a quote. I think that it sounds like he wants to be one of the guys, him and McCarthy, that bring Michigan back. Interesting. JJ from uh, well, he was IMG IMG this year, but he was at some. Where was he at before that? I don't Uh, know. I think in Indiana or something. Yeah, but he wants to bring Michigan back, huh? Well, they got their work cut out for them, don't they? As long as they play Ohio State every year, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, well, let's get uh, to the moment you've all been waiting for. Everybody's been waiting for our game picks for this week. Oh, yeah, game picks. Oh, the moment you guys all have been waiting for. Uh, so we're going to go since Drew is. I feel like Clemson, the lead dog. I feel like Clemson and Notre Dame saved that for the last college pick. All right. So lead okay. dog, I'll let you. You're, you're going to get and picked one, first every time. Two and week before, but we, we, you know, we're, we're starting to count now. Yeah. So we'll keep the tallies in here. Right now, you're eight and one. Lead dog goes first, five mm-hmm. and four. So we're gonna start off. You're four and five. I'm five and four. Thanks. Yep. Anyway, anyway, let me do my thing. Crimson Tide Gators SEC Championship one versus eleven. Drew, I thought four was seven. I think they are. Oh, typo. Whatever. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna Sorry. go. Um, <laughs> completely, completely a little different than you guys. I feel like you guys are thinking. Alabama, you know, maybe a two touchdowns. Oh, yeah, Alabama by a million. No, I think Florida keeps it really close, but I'm going to still go with Alabama. Oh, well, that's all that matters. <laughs> that doesn't matter. <laughs> Hunter, are you on the same same uh, train of thought there? Alabama, Alabama clean sweep. Earth to Chambers. Okay, Gators is seven. Yeah, yeah I, was making, I was making check. Um, Yeah, <laughs> tied. I'm saying tied. Clean sweep, Alabama. How about this one? Sooners, Iowa State. Going with ride with Oklahoma here? Always. Okay. You know, there I you feel go. That's like, all I needed to hear. I feel like their offense is going to – there's the one thing that I've noticed about Oklahoma. Congrats. We're going to get a game up on this guy. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I can't wait for me to pull up this clip later. If you do that, hey, Oklahoma. Next, next game picks, we'll take that clip and like put it in the gray and white, like a little flashback. Yeah. We'll do it. If it Oklahoma it will beat or, or, Ohio State. Oklahoma will beat Iowa State, and it won't be close. That's my prediction. I I'm can't wait taking, to use that clip. I'm taking Iowa State because I know the Sooners don't have a defense. And I know yeah. that's a fact, so I'm they taking Iowa State five by at straight, least 14. Five straight Big 12 Now, what should the over-under, just, just between us, what should the over-under be for this game? 42 and a half. 42 and a half. Oh, 52 and a half. 52 and a half. I was going to say at least like 55. Yeah, I'd say I, I would. 60. I would even go whatever like the Vegas odds, puts 40 on them. Whatever I was going to say, I'd put up like 60, 70 Whatever range. the Vegas odds are, I would bet the over if I bet. Yeah. I would agree. Like, right. I think anyone who knows football would do that. And here comes another clean sweep. <laughs> Big Ten championship, Ohio State, Northwestern, Buckeyes. So let's talk about okay. why Ohio State wins. Okay. Well, Justin Fields. Uh, I was going to say. I would not say Justin Fields. I was going to say the defense. I would say their defense as well, and I would say just their will to physically impose themselves onto another team. I don't think Northwestern is yeah. ready for that. So you think and it's going to be a defensive back. game. And Ryan Day is back. And Masson, 
Master Teague is just going to run I don't it think it's going to be. No, I don't think it's I think it will be a defensive game compared to some of the other conferences, being that it is Big Ten, and supposedly, you know, Big Ten does pride itself on, you know, playing Defense. some good defensive games. Not saying that it's going to be low scoring. I do think it's going to be a defensive game because Northwestern's defense is their strong point. Yeah. Getting turnovers is their strong point. So I say that because defense will determine who wins and how by how large of a margin that they win. Okay, I agree. Well said. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. All right. I um, feel like this next one's going to be a clean sweep too. Notre Dame versus Clemson. We got to go back to that. Yeah. T Law. He's playing. Etienne's going to be the difference maker. T Law's best player in the field. Every time he touches the field in the college, they'll win. I'm really, I'm really rooting for. ETN to have a, a, a great day. But Hunter, let me hear you to say. So I am I'm rooting for Ian Book to just go crazy and Notre Dame just have the game of their lives. But I am going to bet Clemson. And I'm going to pick Clemson because, once again, Trevor Lawrence is the best football player in college football. And with him back, like what they did with Uga Tagala, blah, blah, blah. Uyangalele. DJ. Uyangalele. Last time, and they were so close. With Trevor, I think they just have that next step. I think it may be... A two-score victory for Clemson. Really? Yeah, he'll make plays. You know what? I find myself really... Ian Book will make plays, but he is not Trevor Lawrence. I find myself really wanting to pick Notre Dame here. I don't know. I find... Like I said, if Ian Book has a great game, like, if I lose this one... The dude's been there for 20 years, so... (laughs) (laughs) He's going to come and perform. He's a fifth-year guy, easily, right? Yeah, I think so. So... Man, I feel bad, but I'm going to take Clemson too. Yeah, I think I think Trevor. If I lose this one, I'm okay with that. Well, we're all going to freaking lose. We we don't have much variance today. No, I feel like the NFL might be a little different though. Yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you start us off then here? Um, is that first one? Lions versus Titans, Mister. Oh, what's you? Packers Panthers Saturday night. Panthers. Oh, Packers Panthers Saturday night game. We're getting into that type of that time of the year where Saturday night first on our list NFL games. Love it. I love Saturday oh, night NFL Christian games. Christian McCaffrey screwed my fantasy team again by not playing. Honestly, dude. Enough of the fantasy. Stop. Won't matter anyway. Packers are going to blow them out now. Yeah. I really want to pick the Panthers, but Packers. Packers as well. All right. Sweet. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Lions, Titans. I will never this pick game. against the Lions. Unless it's my second team with oh. my boys, the Titans. Give Derrick Henry the damn ball. Did say that last week. This is in Did say that Tennessee. Last week. Titans. Exactly. They have fans. Titans by 21. Yeah, Titans by 21. Titans by 21. Derrick Henry's going to have a day. He's going to have a day? Come on. Day. Come on, believe. I I think I want to. (laughs) I do. I want to. You want to? You want to do it? Is Stafford coming back? Do we know? We don't know. We don't know yet. And just because Here comes this consensus of the week. You did it with Daniel Jones. You can do it again. No, just because of that, I can't take the Lions. I'll take the Titans. If, If Stafford is back and healthy and we feel confident with him moving forward... Um, I'm not putting my faith into Chase Daniel. Okay. We'll just put it that way. Nope. Um, Patriots. Is, these next four is where it's going to get Patriots, Finns. I'm assuming Dolphins there? No. Who are the Finns? Yeah, well, it's, it is the Dolphins. Finns. Dolphins. Oh, okay. Dolphins. Well, you say no. I was no, like, yeah. I thought you said. Oh, yeah. Dolphins. Easy. Sorry, I'll, I'll type it out for you next time, big yeah, guy. thank you. I, no, I can't. We'll type out this one. Patriots win. Oh, I like oh, that. That's cold. That, but once again, you got to think of the past two years, the Patriots haven't swept the Dolphins, and they already beat them this year. I know. It's a miracle. But I really think that Bill, after that brutal loss, is has just a chip on his shoulder. Again. And he's like, he's like I, I looked at his son with the mullet. Wow, the Dolphins yeah. don't at his son have with the mullet and Steve, like, we need yes, to win this game. Steve, this is the Dolphins game. do not have the offensive firepower of the Chargers. I will say that. They don't yeah. have the raw potential that the they do. Or the Rams, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That Agreed. was that Agreed. was a, that was a couple weeks ago, the Chargers. Right? Yeah. Rams. They yeah. The they had two they games lost, in uh, Last week they lost to Rams. Rams. Can't make yep. Yeah, that was a big day. For and the that Rangers. was another thing, too. I think the Patriots win because 
Who's the lead back while Miles Gaskin's out? Oh, Miles Gaskin's out. It's like some Denard Washington. Exactly. Mm, I don't think two is going to beat Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. I think their defense is going to beat up on the Patriots. That's what I think. All right. I think it's a defensive battle. I'm taking the Patriots because Cam's more proven than Tua. And I'm a little biased because I like Cam. Yeah, so you're a big Cam Newton uh, guy there. I said Dolphins. I'm going to take the Patriots too. Oh, good for you guys. I was going to say Belichick. Hates losing back-to-back games. He does. It indeed. doesn't happen. He does indeed. It doesn't gonna happen. Do, he, we know he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Seahawks, Washington. This is a lot more interesting. I feel like you're leaning Washington. Than I think. Like I said, the Washington football team, the is Alex Smith R back? word. I think he used to be the Washington R word. Used to be my team. So you know I'm sticking with Washington. All right, because of and that. Gibson may be back, and if Gibson is back. Washington, all the way. That's if RB1. Smith is back. Yeah, is. If Smith is back, I, r- I really like them because, like, I'm not going to trust Dwayne Haskins from the ball. But I still like Washington. Seattle has been looking very rough these last couple weeks. So I will say Seattle has been very rough. They've had some tough losses, one of which was to that Giants team, right, who looked terrible. Well, they the beat Cardinals. the Jets 40-3, so. That's true. So they ha- bounce back, I guess, week, right? Yeah, it's so, the Jets. Yeah, so. Knock on wood. Washington Brown optimistic Stones. Alex Smith can play versus Seahawks. Plan leading up to week 15 revealed. That's one thing that what says say about headline. Alex Smith feels, quote, all right, but uncertain if he can play Sunday. I think he will. You think so? Doesn't matter. Russell Wilson. Dude, Seahawks. I don't know. DK. I really don't know, man. I just, I don't. If, if Too many not, weapons on them. That if offense, he's not there and with their running back out, I don't know if they have the weapons to really, you know. Compete. Exactly. Who, Washington? I, I have zero faith in Dwayne Haskins. I don't know if you guys uh, feel the same none. way. I have zero faith in him. And that's coming from an outsider. Like, I don't have any invested interest I'll, in I'll this sprinkle team. some faith in. Just some a little faith? bit. Okay. First round pick. I Alex mean, Smith did not practice so was Josh Rosen on Wednesday. Okay, once again, <laughs> I'm just saying, Dwayne Haskins, I have a couple. He won three games last year. Give him some, give him some respect. Hey, Colt McCoy did beat the Seahawks. Anything can happen. Boom. Dang. At but at Seattle. Did you guys hear me? Alex Smith did not practice yesterday, Wednesday, and uh, Haskins has been taking the first team. I heard he practiced today, though. Oh, he did? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, oh. anyway, I'm taking Washington. Seattle. Seattle. All right. Chief Saints. Ooh. Chief Saints. Big game. Wow. Big Drew, Brees? Drew Brees may be back this week. Yeah, don't we don't think know. So. Do we? we don't know, though. Sean Payne was optimistic that he can play, but when Drew... Like, talk to Jeez. the media. He wasn't planning on playing. Chiefs. So, Sean was optimistic. But once again, Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs. Chiefs the best team in football. Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, Taysom Hill is not going to be able to. I mean, I love Taysom Hill. I'm a huge advocate for him. Drew hates it. But I, I was raving about like him Taysom last Hill? week. I don't mind It's not that he doesn't Hill, like him. He just, like, just, I feel like he's in the best system besides Kansas City. Which is a great which point. Which is really hard for a quarterback to not succeed. Really you good have point. a top five running back. You could put top uh, five receiver. Kendall Hinton in the... But I feel like Tebow, if Tebow had Sean Payton and those guys, Tebow would have done as good as Tebow. You'd have them boys praying before the game and then running through a wall. Or even like. I'd run through a wall for that. Oh, so would I, no doubt. Give me a quarterback that's like, eh. Dwayne Haskins. Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, I feel like, could ball in Uh, New Orleans off. We're all Chiefs, though. We're all Chiefs. Last pick of the day. Now, you're gonna Browns, hate this. this one won't be close. You're going to hate this. Browns versus G-Men. That's the Giants. Can you give yep. the little uh, little um, information we gained today? Oh, yeah. The uh, Freddie Kitchens, who will be calling the plays for New York because Jason of Garrett, Jason Garrett and how he was infected. This one's not going to be close. 
I really think taking that, the Browns. Do the, the Giants already let me down? I that was my upset pick against you too against the uh, what was that the Cardinals? Yeah, yeah, that was I my mean, upset pick, and they really let me down. They got blown out. And I, you're probably going to go with the Giants. That's your choice. I think the fact that Freddie's going to be playing, obviously Baker Baker's going to be pissed. Baker Chubb and all those guys aren't going to come out and be like, yeah, Freddie's playing. We're going to be even more pissed. You know, like Jarvis came out about Marcus Peters, but like something that maybe Josh Allen did, where he was like, they can do all the dancing. Juju. It's By the way, Juju said he's not stopping dancing. Let's, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to give that the time of day because he uh, – I can't. Whatever. Makes me mad. I, the, just about Juju, the more and more throughout the season, I just, like, have hate Juju more I feel like he, I wouldn't say I hate him. I've like, lost respect lost, for him. Like, yeah. I've lost, lost a lot respect. of respect lost for Juju. Like a lot of man. fans. I feel like he was, like, a cool guy. Oh, he was. He's very relatable. He still is, but at you the know, same time. You know, do your TikToks, do your fun thing, whatever. I don't care. Like, who cares? Like, that's, that's cool. Not on, that's just this disrespectful. He was even – remember he was even going to – when after he scored a touchdown, was going to go – do, it do on the, the stars yeah. on the Cowboys. Who was, was that? Like T.O. did Cowboys. that? Who was yeah, that? Yeah, T.O. did, yeah, did, did that. But they stopped him. Anyway, Imagine Hunter, if he broke out. What's your pick here? We're both Browns here. I really want to go Giants, but I'm going to go Browns. Yeah, just because. Good. As an honorary member of the Dog Pound, got to go with the Browns. I just really feel like they're going to come out. A normal Browns team, maybe even last year's Browns team. Normal Browns team, actually. After a tough loss, would be like, oh, we suck. I just feel like the op. Baker shaved, you know. Everyone did shave. He looked like he, he looks, painted on his little yeah, five o'clock shadow. My dad even goes, "How do you do that?" It was clean, man. It was like ridiculously clean. <laughs> anyway. He lined it up right before that yeah. press conference. I just feel like they're hungry for that playoff spot. Let's and go brownies. Ooh, brownies. Here we go brownies. Oh, man. brownies. I messed it up. Brownies. Sorry. They we do should, say brownies though. We should end on that. Your mom should make brownies. Was... Hey, shout out Mama Manzo. Shout out Mama Manzo. Thank you for that. Mandalorian tomorrow. I don't know if any of you guys are big fans. Us three are. Yeah, we'll be watching. But, hey, how about little Mandalorian special pick? Who's the Jedi? Or you can say there won't be a Jedi that shows up. I'm going to go Luke Skywalker. Ooh. I believe it. I think the timeline shows up. We're not going to spend too much time on it. Yep. I mean, the timeline lines up. He's out here looking. At this time, he's trying to make his new Jedi Academy. Yep. He's looking for these guys. He saw, you know, Grogu through the seeing zone. That's it. I would Don't love for that to happen. No Jedi in the final episode. No Ezra. You were an Ezra guy. I'm a huge Ezra guy, but I'm saying no. they're going to wait till season three. No Jedi in this episode. After rewatching, um, Rebels. I would love to see Ahsoka again, but I don't think we're going to see her either. I doubt it, too. That's going to be her own thing with her. I watched Rebels. I really think it's going to be Ezra because I just feel like they're going to do that one thing where you they you don't. Now? Yeah, I did. Oh, good for you. You don't know it's Ezra, and then he's like, hi, I'm Ezra Bridger. Because, yeah. like, you're not going to know what he looks like. That's true. Well. But I just feel like that's going to happen. Anyways, enough Star Wars. I know we'll keep that for another time. But thank you so much for making it this far, Hunter. Congrats, guys. I'll keep it short today. Tune in next week. Yeah. Tune in next week for some more great conversation. Um, got some great guests coming up on next Tuesday. Looking to have another coach from Northern Michigan University as well, or our first coach from Northern Michigan University, mm. as well as the quarterback from Northern Iowa. So some big-time guests for next week. Stay tuned and uh, have a great weekend. Watch some great football.